Hey there, welcome to the Friendly Ties podcast. Uh, in this episode, we're talking about a board game in particular, and that one is Dead Reckoning. I'm joined with my friends Nick and Anastasia. We've played this one a bunch recently, and we have a, a lot to say about it. Um, speaking of that, though, uh, there's a lot going on with this game, like a whole bunch of rules and um, interesting systems for sure, but we are not going to be teaching you how to play the game today in this podcast. It just would not work. Um, I do want to say that I made a sponsored tutorial video for this game when it went up on Kickstarter that uses a prototype, but it still teaches the game like 99% correctly. Uh, so I'll put a link to that in the description of this episode. And we'll try to give you some context as we go, but you know, fair warning, we're not teaching all of the rules. Uh, so at a ridiculously high level, this is a card crafting sandbox style game. Um, it's the same, uh, made by the same designer as Mystic Veil, and it uses the same system where players have a deck of cards that have sleeves, and instead of swapping out your cards, you upgrade your cards by sliding transparent cards into your sleeves. Um, in Dead Reckoning, you do a whole bunch of other stuff. You sail a ship around the seas, you explore and find new stuff. Um, you are going to fight each other by tossing things into a cube tower. You'll also be picking up and delivering and making achievements, and there's just a lot going on here. So over the course of the last week, we've played this game a whole bunch. Um, I... I liked my first play of it, uh, and then I played it a second time, and I I still really enjoyed it while also being kind of frustrated by it. Um, there's <laughs> a lot of there's like a lot of very cool moments in this game, you know, like the crafting, like th that's the backbone of this game, right? Putting cards together, trying to make combos that seem imbalanced. Sometimes they they they, they can kind of feel that way, but you know, maybe somebody let you get there. I I like. I like this game when I'm playing it, <laughs> but yeah. there's a lot of downtime too, right? I mean, we uh, we played a three-player game and then a, a two-player game. Those are my two experiences. And even in the two-player game, uh, when you're not taking your turn, there's a lot of stuff that's happening for other people. This is the perfect uh, Fredly Ties kind of podcast topic game, right? Because it's... Yeah, for sure. I, I feel exactly <laughs> the same way, right? Like there's a lot of stuff... I really dig about this game. It's I don't play a game three times in a week, and I'm like, oh, I'm not so sure about it, right? Like, yeah, I was, I was into it. Especially like a two-ish hour game, right? Oh yeah, this is not a short game. Yeah, right. And it has its problems, so it's 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 cool to look at like the stuff that really stands out as unique and fun, and and uh, also tear apart the things that are just like not just don't work for me, right? Yeah, yeah. It's been a long time, actually, since we got this animated in our Discord, like, about a game. Yeah. Like, I was reminding me, like, how we felt about Ark Nova or Anna or, like, some yeah. of those games that we played. We were just like, go. Like, every time we play, even if you weren't playing it, it was like, well, you better get on chat and, like, explain your entire play <laughs> so that, you know, <laughs> everyone can take, take it apart. You two played yesterday, and I was uh, out at lunch, and then I like looked at my phone after lunch, and there was like twenty five <laughs> messages. It was just I think you I two talking about John this in. game. I gotta like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We played a couple nights ago, Anastasia and me, and then like the moment the game was over, I couldn't help it. I took screenshots and sent them to Nick, and it was like a session report. So yeah. like, Nick needs to know what happened in this plan. Yeah. <laughs> Look at my cards. Look what I did. Look at the things that came together. I mean, it is. It's definitely that kind of game it's the kind of game that you want to explore and you feel like you're exploring it like i was saying to nick we we sat down so we've played it once three player 
and I played it two player with each of you and Nick. We played it two player twice, actually. Yeah, a whole bunch of two player games. A whole bunch, <laughs> which was funny because we didn't even think it would be good at two player, right? Like we were like, I don't know. It's a worry. Yeah. Yeah, because there's like there's an area control component here in the game. Like John said, like a very high level. There's all these things going on, the card crafting and there's islands to explore. You really do feel like pirates. I got to give it that like a hundred percent. And I, but we were worried that the two player game that there, there's also with a, I don't know, you guys have played a bunch of Forex games and I haven't. So I barely understand the sort of like, what all the X's are, but I do understand that conflict is part of them <laughs> taking over things as part of them. <laughs> and both of those things don't seem like they'd be very good at two. Um, but the more we've played it at two, the more I think we like, keep kind of going back to it. I'm like, Oh wait, no, I, I kind of like it here. I, I kind of want to, I, I just, it's, we sat down to play a game yesterday and Dick and I were, were like, yeah, let's just play that again. Like, let's just see, like, let's just like, you just want to keep going into it. Yeah, I'm I'm eager. I'm still concerned that two player doesn't quite work. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm eager to play it at three again now that all of us have a little bit more of a sense of what we're doing. I really want to play it at four. I also really don't want to play it at four because I don't want to be sitting there for a really long time. But, <laughs> yeah, but I do want to see what the game experience is like at four because I I feel to your point exactly, Anastasia. Like the fighting aspect of the game, I think opens up when there's more people on the bo- on the board. The area control, I. I, I went into this in Cape May and I think I'm like learning now that I just don't love area control. If it is not the flagship, that's a wrong choice of words. If, part of the theme game. Perfect. if, if Perfect. it's, Word. if it's not the flagship, like point of a game, like El Grande is an area control game. I like El Grande, but this is not a, this is a game that has area control. It isn't fundamentally area control. And I'm, I'm think I'm learning that I just, I'm maybe not that much of a fan of that, especially <laughs> not at two players. Although it does, it does do some nice balancing for that at two, but not enough. I think we all agree. Like the the area, if you don't like area control, that it, it's a piece of this, right? Like it's. I mean, and and John, you don't mind. You don't like. You've said actively you don't like area control, but then you didn't mind it so much in this one, right? Yeah, that is true. That is true. Um, it, I I tend to not like area control, even when it is the uh the flagship mechanic in a game. Um, for for one reason or another, I've never played El Grande. Someday that'll happen. I'm sure. Um, that's a, that's a merit badge I want to get. Um, before but, your time, young one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but with my two plays of this one so far, I I. I I'm going to kind of speak for Nick for a moment, and he'll probably he'll probably come in here because I know that when we played our very first play, um, you were worried, Nick, that area control was important but also not important in this game. Like you got a whole bunch of points and you didn't even uh, for area control, and you didn't even really pay attention to it in that first play. I focused on it. I wasn't even a pirate in our first game. I, I never took a cannon. I never attacked anything. I was completely passive, just influencing islands which is the area control, uh, making stuff on them, doing pick up and deliver, just going back and forth, getting points, and I ended up winning by a, a slim margin. Um, and then in the second game that I played, it was two players with Anastasia, and I was like, I'm going to try something different. And I, I just built a bunch of guns in my boat. I upgraded all my cards with guns, and, <laughs> and I sunk Anastasia. Uh, I, I sunk like four merchant ships. Not and And <laughs> I still, to, to the point that I'm making for Nick, I still made about the same amount of victory points on the area control, even though in that second game, I never upgraded for putting the influence down, which is the way you vie for it. And, and, you know, to finish talking for you, Nick, that was like your main issue with it, right? 
Yeah, I mean, you, you've got it, basically. Like, the in the last game Anastasia and I played, both of us essentially didn't really compete for cubes. We just kind of, like, did our other things that we were doing in this game. Um, and I'm really glad that we tried that. And it felt like you were most rewarded for just, like, oh, I just dropped a little cube over here, a little cube over here. <laughs> just kind of, like, being around and being like, don't forget about me, guys. And, yeah. <laughs> like that's that's an that's intelligent play but it's not it's not terribly fun or interesting or it doesn't like generate much of a narrative except for like i just ran over and like put my pirate flag on this island i guess it was like i've been here nick was yeah. here um and then yeah there are aspects of the area control that i do really like in this game though um that i think are are nice so one thing that this game has is a neutral player that you have to compete with which i think is good for that criticism that i'm levying of like just poop a guy somewhere and move on with your life but the thing that i actually like most is once you take control of an island you get a freebie permanent extra control marker which is really nice because you get rewarded for controlling things early whereas in a lot of these area control games it's like just wait and see is really the strategy um, yeah. and and that is cool i do like that aspect of it also it leads into the theme of the story a little bit you're like Oh, look at that cube there way back when, when I controlled that island before everybody else came here, I went crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think that like, I think that part of it, the the leave behind cube aspect is actually what, I'm sort of ambivalent on area control. I see your guys' criticisms. I'm also like, it's a game mechanic that I put up with. <laughs> like, it's fine. Um, but I think that that leave behind mechanism is actually what I really like about it because I don't like people kicking over my sandcastle. I don't think that comes at any surprise. Mm -hmm. Says the sandcastle kicker. (laughs) (laughs) What are you talking about? (laughs) Um, I'm talking about game one. I've got my cubes on an island. (laughs) (laughs) He just like will not let that go. Um, And I feel like in a game like this, I, I, you know, when you've gone to a bunch of effort to take control of an island and then someone comes over like Nick did yesterday and takes over your island from you, you know, it's like you still get a little reward for it. And so I know I'm just restating what you said, but it it's that feeling of like the effort I put in wasn't wasted, especially in a game like this where there is yes. battling. Your ship can get sunk. Uh, you can lose things as you go along. You know, there is some randomness, but there's still like this very strong Euro core. Like you really feel like you're building something. And maybe you guys are going to tell me other Forex games feel like this too. But like, I really, more than I felt in John, what was that game we played that took like six hours and you're in space and you're like. That was Eclipse, second, uh, second Dawn for the Galaxy. Got it. Okay. That yeah. was fun. <laughs> it took six hours. I don't know it if did. I ever need to play it again. And I felt more in Dead Reckoning, like I was building this thing. I was really proud of. Really, what I was building was like my deck of cards and their like little yeah. abilities. But it, it it's cool that you could do that in two hours, and you feel really like it, it's just tight. Um, but as you guys talked about, I feel like you you have to focus a little bit on everything. And do a couple of pass really well. And that is a little bit hard for me. And I'm curious what you guys think about this, where like you have to, you do have to like drop cubes on every island, it seems to compete. And you do, you can't completely ignore the military. But then you also, part of the fun of the game is just like 
focusing on a strategy, like picking one or two cards or two strategies like that you're going to like build up that you're going to kind of go at and how to balance all of that. I'm not even making sense because I don't even quite have my brain wrapped around. It's not like great Western trail where you could just be like, I'm going to do a cowboy strategy and you can do that pretty successfully without really focusing on anything else. Like in this game, it feels like it wants you to focus on a couple of things and do that well, but you also can't ignore everything else. And where I've lost every game I played against you guys and where in some (laughs) cases by a very small margin, like one point. Um, But it feels like uh, that's a thing I'm kind of, trying to wrap my mind around i don't know make more sense of that for me guys i'm 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 with you i actually love that you say that it's it makes total sense to me um that the game wants you to do a lot of things part of that i think is because of the way the you draw the cards in your deck right you can only essentially like keep so many cards in your hand which means that you have to play the rest of them so you can never get rid of cards in this game so it's like you have you have to select these actions like you have to drop cubes in this game. You're going to be doing these other things. So like you can ignore one or two facets of the game, but fundamentally you're going to have to like interact with the majority of it. And I like that. I like games that demand your attention to be in different places. And you're like, all right, I acknowledge that I have to deal with this over here, or at least get some points from this system. But really this is where I'm, I'm making my money. I think that's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, this is not a, <laughs> I mean, it should come as no surprise. This is not a multiplayer solitaire game. Um, <laughs> you are really paying attention to what other people are doing. Uh, and, you know, to bring back to that first game where I did, like, literally completely ignore the aggressive part of the game. Um, to a certain extent, I was allowed to do that because you two were just in each other's faces. It was great, like, for me, <laughs> like, to see you were beating no, no, each no. other up let, on let, islands, let, let's be removing clear. influence. I was doing none of that. Nick was over. I had no oh, pirates. Come I had on. No- <laughs> <laughs> If I remember correctly, I, I'm pretty sure Anastasia shot first. Yes. I did not. I did not. <laughs> So I was just passively hanging out in the western part of the ocean the whole game long. Neither of you two came into my area. Neither of you competed with me for islands. And you were just um, shooting each other, sinking each other, fighting each other for influence. And and honestly, I was thinking I was going to run away with the game. Because that's kind of a thing in board games, right? Three-player game, two people beat each other up. The person, the other person just you know runs away with it. And I didn't. I won by like three points like 93 to 90 or something like that so i was surprised at how competitive all the other stuff was um but that was also just our our first game and then when we played the second game and uh, this is going to speak i think a little bit to uh to (laughs) anastasia's incentives uh because this has happened before um anastasia does not like getting her sandcastle kicked over as she just said Anastasia wants to stop other people from kicking over her sandcastle. So Anastasia <laughs> frequently b- buys guns <laughs> in games when sandcastles can get kicked over kind of as a defense thing. But then what I found, this happened once when we played through the ages too. Uh, she was so scared that other people were going to beat her with military that she became uh, just this horrifying military monster uh, <laughs> that, you know, subjugated the rest of the world. And, you know, when we played that second game of Dead Reckoning, the first advancement Anastasia took was a card that let her fight me. Because that's the thing. Normally, you can't fight each other. You need to be allowed to. There's like a, you know, a special icon. And literally, the first card she took was, let me fight John. And I was like, <laughs> okay, all right. 
And so the first card I took had a couple cannons on it. And then, like, the second card she took was the other thing that let her fight me. And, <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm going to take some more cannons because apparently Anastasia's coming for me. The but Cold then, War like, escalation is real. Yeah, it was a Cold War escalation. And then we got, like, a third of the way through the game, and suddenly I had a hand with all these cannons. I was like, I'm going to sink that merchant. And then, like, halfway through the game, <laughs> Anastasia's like, I'm gonna, it's time to fight John because I think I'd taken a couple damage from a merchant. She thought I was weak, and I wasn't. And I dropped down, like, two cards with a million guns on them. <laughs> <laughs> and from that point on, I was the aggressor. I went crazy on guns. I became the, the, the terror in that game. And I, my last turn, I hunted you down in the port and annihilated your ship. <laughs> By throwing, like, 15 cubes into this cube tower. The, the combat's wonderful in this game. You all toss simultaneously cubes into this tower, which looks like a ship. It's like broadside cannons, and then they fly out onto a board, and you you get stuff. But anyway, so I, I felt like I was pushed into destroying you. Okay, because... okay, hold, hold, hold on. I want to be perfectly clear about something here, okay? Let's hear your side. For anybody who wants to do this, defend your sandcastle strategy, it doesn't work. It it just <laughs> fails every time for all the reasons John is saying, because I am so good at buying stuff to defend myself, but I apparently... For some reason, I'm not very good. Probably because I just don't like it in games. I've never liked attacking in games. I'm not very good at executing with that attack. Or I just have really terrible luck with this, you know, cube, dice. Nick keeps calling it dice rolling, but it's not dice rolling. Because it reminds you of <laughs> dice rolling, right? Like, it's cube dropping tower thing. Which is super fun, but it's totally luck-based. And I'm... My point here is that I had zero intention of attacking John. I had zero intent. All I wanted to do was exist in my corner of the world and I didn't <laughs> want you to come take it from me. And then I was perfectly happy destroying all the merchant ships. But no, you had to go destroy them first. And Nick did the same thing yesterday. I was like, fine, I'm going to do super hard military in this game. And I went and I was like, I'm just going to fight all the merchant ships. And then Nick had to go block them all. Like, what were you? Why? Why did you well, have to do I, that? It's because I'm evil to play two-player games with. Like, that's, that's, that's <laughs> really more of a reflection of that. I actually do think that that is more interesting in a four-player game, I suspect. 100%. Because you can't have as much, like, as me being like, I'm going to attack this merchant ship so you can't. Like, that's, a, that's like a ridiculous thought process that only exists in a two-player game. And that actually is one of my critiques of the game is just that in a two-player game, this this element of military, like, John, you're totally right. Like, there's a Cold War. Like, I don't know. We didn't do any military. Especially at two players. Especially, especially at, at two, two players. players. But honestly, I think that would be the case at any player count because now that we've played it a bunch, there's no way I'm not going, despite what I just said, there's no way I'm not going to buy a bunch of military to try to protect myself against one of you going rogue and trying to, like, come for me. And that is inherently going to force you guys to build up military. Like, there's no way I'm going to ignore military the more we play this game. And I haven't been, even if it hasn't been all that successful. But in a two-player game, like, I, it is, you know, I do feel like the achievements uh, promote military. Military is obviously one of the X's in the 4X. And there's a lot of stuff that promotes military. And I have tried to go harder on it now in like one and a half games and i would say that there especially in two player there's just there's not enough stuff to fight there isn't enough ships 
other people to fight. There's like, unless you really want to chase, like my plan in my or in the game I played with Nick yesterday was just chase Nick around the board until I destroyed him. And that just like didn't work because for reasons that Nick is very because good. I hid. <laughs> because I hid. <laughs> and there's a lot of ocean to hide in and no one else is forcing him to move. Uh, and I, just went, I just went home and I was like, please protect me, mommy. I need someone here. And they pointed <laughs> the cannons in the fort at you. <laughs> the big so, bad meaning pirate ship is coming for me. You know, I like, had all this stuff to fight and I was just like floating around an empty ocean being like, what can yeah. I destroy? Come then, at me. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's a bit of luck though, right? Like when we played our two player game and I went crazy on military, I sunk four merchant ships and you... You didn't fight any merchant ships in that game, but you like traded with them, which made them go away. So we saw like six merchant ships over the course of that game. And I think that's the same amount of merchant ships that I suspect anyway that you've seen in like every other play of this you had combined. I think you call the merchant ships forward in the deck somehow because Nick and I have seen none of them. I think you have a special connection with them. And, they and so I think forward. I just got kind of lucky. You know, I went. I went crazy guns, and then there was all these targets, um, and I ended up targeting you on the very last turn, but like, there were a couple times where I was like, which merchant do I want to destroy? And I was, that was kind of luck of the draw. Like, you, you pull these merchants, they're, they're kind of advancements, you pull them out of the deck. The, the ocean is essentially the market. Like, if you've played a deck building game like Ascension before, or something like that, you know, with a scrolling market of cards you can buy, the ocean is essentially that. So you're, you're, you're essentially doing area control and pick up and deliver on top of the card market, which is very cool from a mechanical perspective. But, you know, again, there's luck of the draw there. Okay, well, while we're here talking about combat, I actually want to talk about my favorite part of the design of this game with combat. John, a while ago, mentioned that in that first game, he felt like he was going to crush us because the two of us were slapping each other back and forth. And it's true. Yeah. Like, we already talked about, like, how in the area control, like, you're still going to score points, you know, if you're second place. So, like, yes, we are hurting each other. John did win that game, right? But we're still getting points for doing that. And the combat is actually like that too. Getting sunk really sucks because you have to pay your five coins to the other player or whatever. But just fighting someone, even if they beat you, even if you take some consequences for it, when you throw those cubes in the tower, you're going to get some free rewards. You're going to get some money. You're going to get some plunder. And so everybody that gets engaged in a fight gets something. And, and so like as in this game, when you are getting smacked down by someone overtaking your island with area control or by someone coming and shooting you in the face, both times you are still getting some at the very least consolation prize along the way, which I yeah. think yeah. serves to tighten up that like if you're if your sandcastle is getting kicked down, the game is like it's it's OK, like we've got your back still and it, it keeps you competitive in the game. Um, I think it's pretty hard to like kill someone in this game, right? Like just like completely knock them off the board if you're playing, you know, with, with some semblance of paying attention to things. And I think that's a great part of the design. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if your ship gets sunk, all you lose is is points. Like, even if you if you have cargo, which is like the currency that you spend to get stuff, you keep all your cargo, and you probably just got cargo. Like, because you said, like every cube that gets thrown into that tower is going to do something. It's going to either damage the opponent, which is good. It's going to help you win the battle, which is good. It's going to give you a coin, or it's going to give you a barrel, which you can spend on things. Um, or it'll, you know, get rerolled with more cubes. So yeah, like I mean, in that that last play, Anastasia. <laughs> that one ill-fated attack on me um, and I happen to have all these guns in my hand I got a whole bunch of stuff 
you know, even though it wasn't my turn. And then a really peculiar thing about this game is like I played the cards with the guns on them on Anastasia's turn. But then when it was my turn, that card is still technically in play and I could use it. So I had all these guns out. So I was like, well, I guess I'm going to go fight that merchant over there because I've already committed to playing these guns. I mean, in the last action, when I sunk you, Anastasia, in that game, you still got, like, I stole five points from you, but you still got probably at least three or four points worth of stuff from the defending cubes that you talked to, tossed into that tower. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree with you, Nick. I love that mechanic. I love that you get all of this plunder. I love that you don't have that feeling of like, oh, I just wasted all this effort on this battle and I got nothing out of it. I mean, that's one of the reasons I don't yeah. like a lot of the games that have battle in them because it doesn't matter how much I add to my dice. Like, you know, I, I at the end of the day, it's complete luck. And so is this, right? It's complete luck how these cubes are going to come out of this dice tower. But the fact that in that particular play, John, I had a card that actually benefited the resource, you know, the barrels, um, which is the one resource in this game other than gold, and that I had a card that gave me points for that. So you attacking me, even though we figured it out that you attacking me in that game is how you won, because I only lost by like three points, which is also kind of nuts that this game can come down to, in all of our plays, except for the one yesterday, uh, even the first one, it all came down to like one point between me and Nick, three points between, like, we, the game is so tight. Very close scores. Yeah. yeah, which is actually something I want to talk about more in a, in a second. But it's nevertheless the fighting, getting the stuff, and the fact that I remember asking you guys like fifteen times whether or not you could take my barrels off my ship, and then I could like that. Those are like protected. That there just isn't. Yeah, this feeling you were like, really I'm worried. Just, <laughs> I was because the resources and it's are like really... no, your barrels are fine. I can't touch them. Yeah, and because you know, in this ocean mechanic, you'll go out to the deep ocean. And you need those barrels to buy cards and you can't pick them up unless you fight and then they they actually do come onto your boat. So actually getting in a fight can also be good. Like you could get damaged, but you might get yeah. the resources you need because in that battle you were able to pick them up. It's, it's one of the, I don't want to say trickier mechanics, but it definitely adds this complexity of that pick up and deliver of like, a lot of the resources that you make, you make at your home port. And so like you can only take so much with you and it slows you down and you can only add things kind of like where your resources are generated, whether they're on the islands you're on or whether they're on your home port is a bit of a puzzle in and of itself. And, and battle is one of the ways to kind of like short circuit that puzzle, which I, I really enjoy. It's very thematic. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like when we first got Nick taught the game, when we first taught it, I was like, oh gosh, this game's going to be too combative for me, like too in your face, too interactive. But I remember after that first battle that happened in the first game, I wasn't in it, but between the two of you, I think the person who lost was like, oh, that wasn't so bad. <laughs> yeah. I got I got this, I got that. You didn't even, nobody got sunk even in that first battle. It's it was like, hard oh, to that, sink. That, it's hard. Well, that, that okay. actually, that leads yeah, me a John. little bit into okay. uh, card combos, right? Because like, <laughs> We've talked a lot about combat and area majority, but like this is a card crafting game. And in our last game, I built a card that, if it had enough guns on it, would do extra damage whenever I went to a spot. And every time I battled, if I won, I would do extra damage. And that's actually why I went into port, sailed right into port with all the defenses to try and destroy you in that last turn, because I knew I was doing a minimum of three damage. Normally, you do a minimum of one if you win, but I, I had crafted this card that was was punchy and when the dust settled i did like seven damage to you you only need five damage to win to, to, to sink a ship and you i think i think your ship already had two on it so like 
I also felt that way. Like, oh, it's really hard to sink ships in this game. You just do one damage. But then if you start to put together ludicrous combos on cards, actually you can get crazy destroyers. But again, like even if somebody come and crazy destroys you, you just lost like five points usually. But you also <laughs> might take damage. That's one of the other benefits. Yeah. Like, I might damage you. You you could have sunk me. 100%. But also it still took you two turns or it still took me having some damage. Like it's not... One of the nice aspects is that it seems somewhat difficult to sink someone in one turn. Completely possible, but it seems in the somewhat late game. difficult. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I'm distracted because I'm trying to think of that card that you played, John. If I saw it and it specifically says you can't do damage to people in port. It does. It does say that you don't do an extra damage when in port. But uh, in general, I was still doing more than enough damage with that card. Great. Super. Love that. Okay. <laughs> that is, however, how Nick hid from me by the way is because i made one of those cards and then nick was like i'm gonna go hide in port and the card literally is like can't attack in port which is probably a good thing because if you don't like conflict in this game if you just end your turn in port you're pretty safe there's a couple of mechanics that like protect you and so you can kind of avoid it nevertheless I really, really needed to sink him. Like I like I wanted to. Well what's cool what's cool too is to hide in port you're probably going to suck at the game because you like want to go places to do things. Yeah. And if you're just doing it on those starting islands, that sucks. So the only way to do that and be successful is that you have to spend time getting sails on your ship. And I did. I did put sails. I had sails on one of my cards and I had sails on my ship as well. So I could like go out, do something and then run away back home. And of course, the like one time that I didn't, you came and attacked me and didn't sink me. So it was fine. Um, but you won the battle and like got your cool rewards for it. So yeah, it was legit. Um, but I, John, I'm really glad you brought up the card crafting because we spent all this time talking about the combat and we spent all this time talking about the area majority. I think the combat but like demands your attention because when you walk by a, a table of someone with this, you're like, what's with the pirate ship on the table? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It demands your attention. Like It's very cool looking. Um, but the, to me, actually, the card crafting, the like Voltroning up each of your cards is the coolest part of 100 percent it's yeah. awesome and the reason that it's awesome is not card like card crafting and mystic veil is like oh neat like you can build this little combo this game has it on two axes and that is brilliant the two axes that i'm talking about here is you can go out and you can buy advancements which slot under your card you can have up to three advancements and you can level you get to level up one card every turn which is like the base cards it basically just like upgrades their actions so like the gunner starts off giving you some barrels. He doesn't even gun. And then he learns how to gun. And then he's awesome at gunning. And now he's the best <laughs> in the world at gunning, right? Like, yeah. So you get these like opportunities to upgrade them and put the advancements on them. So you can build these like little combos uh, that you're just like, oh, I've played, you know, Captain Mega over here. I'm going to sail over to your place and like mess everything up. They've been talking, or John's, John was just talking about like, the violence combos which certainly exist but there are other combos that are really cool too and super passive amazing combos yeah it was a two-player game that i played with anastasia where she's like yeah i have some cannons but really what i could do is play like a million cubes so when i I take this i just conquer an entire (laughs) island and then like i had one where i like played it and it was like get seven resources and i was like it's not even a combo i'm just rich like (laughs) really satisfying yeah well anastasia you made a crazy captain in our game Oh my god! I was so sad I didn't get to use this card more. He was you used it so once, yeah. Cool, yeah. He like for the number uh, I don't remember exactly, but for the number of there's a lot of like for the number of icons that you have of this, which is just to your point, Nick. Like I kept buying cannons in that game 
because uh, the game I played with you, because I had this card that let me put cute, that like benefited my strategy of playing defensively. It, like let me buy cannons to then just do area majority. And so I just Passive happened. Cannons. Yeah. I just happened <laughs> to have cannons on this card, but really what it did was let me take over islands. And I loved that. And it with you, John, yeah, I had this captain who, if he just sailed through islands, he would just pick up things. He would, they would just produce. We haven't even talked about that, but the islands produce resources and that's part of the pick up and deliver. But they would just produce onto, hit, onto my ship, which really would have benefited me also like doing a bosun strategy, which is like how you upgrade your strips, which is something that you guys both did a ton. Like in each of my two player games with you guys, you both upgraded your ships. It's something I have to admit I haven't fully explored but I'm curious because it felt like I actually started to feel jealous. I was like, my ship feels so lame compared to your guys's ships. Um, how you, but you both started in like I want to go on that strategy. Yeah, I mean, you you have to spend you spend stuff in this game um, in a lot of ways. You know, you buy advancements, slide in your cards, make your cards better. Or if you go into a bosun strategy and upgrade your ship itself, you spend stuff to upgrade your ship. And um, and actually, when, when I had that one game, that second play where I went hard on the bosun and I just upgraded my ship a bunch, I felt a lot of grasses greener moments because I was like, I'm never getting advancements. Like, I'm just not picking up these cards. I'm not, I'm not upgrading my deck. But what I was doing was permanently upgrading my ship, which gave me extra sails. And then I put a bunch of guns on there. And then, you know, the rest is history, like I said before. But when the dust settled on that game and we like count up the advancements, I had eight, I think, and you had like 15, like almost twice as many. Yeah. Um, but that's because I sunk my stuff into those other things. Uh, and while my ship was, you know, guns out like crazy, you had combos like that captain. I mean, like you didn't just sail through islands and produce. You had another effect on that captain that doubled the effect of one of your benefits. Oh, yeah, I forgot so, about that. <laughs> so like it, it wasn't just that you had like this one good aspect. You built this combo. There's a, You slotted a third thing in that captain. I don't even know what it did, but it was good. But I yeah. remember on that last turn, you sailed your captain around and made like 12 points moving w with one card play, which is a lot when the end game score is like 90. Yeah, move it more. It would have been double that. Like it just, I was short on sales or something. Yeah, it was a cool, it was a really yeah. cool card. But at the same time, like we, we talked about this afterwards, I I won that game, even though I felt grass is greener, like, oh, my cards are, are way less interesting than Anastasia's. But that's just because there's a consistency to upgrading your ship of just like permanent sail, permanent cannon. It's you, it's hard to discount that and be like, oh, well, that's not good, because clearly that is. But it's not flashy. It's not a flashy combo. I think grass is greener is actually part of the good design of the different professions what are crewmates uh yeah. that are that are in the game right because when we first played it was like oh my god upgrading the buccaneer is insane why wouldn't you upgrade the buccaneer like you need to put lots of cubes places and then we yeah. like tried again a cube, it was like a cube hose uh, okay hold on upgrading the gunner is clearly what you need to do because like they they go hard and then you're like yeah, yeah okay fine um upgrading crew can't be good can it? it's like both anastasia and i have tried it now and we're like all right you get pretty rich when you upgrade your crew. This is pretty <laughs> yeah. cool, too. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's only one card that I, I haven't been convinced that upgrading the deckhand is cool, and I'm sure that we'll play a game where I'm like, all right, I take it back. Deckhand is awesome. Because <laughs> um, all of them feel cool in their, their own different way. And those the ones that I mentioned aren't even like the spicy one, where it's like build a ton of buildings, or I, I actually think upgrading your ship is cool, because I like just seeing it like all like, specked out. I think it's awesome, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, I, they, they, all of them seem great, and that I think is is that's exciting design. I think it's a common mistake in Euro games that it's like, 
you can do this or you can do this, but they kind of feel samey. And in this one, it's like, oh, I wish I could be doing that. And the other player says, I wish I could be doing what you're doing. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is really good. In the very first play, when you and Anastasia were going nuts on the island and I was kind of hanging out on the side, Anastasia, you upgraded your card that let you construct buildings. I've yet to build... I think I, I've only built like one building in, in my entirety of my two games. But in that first game, you built... Actually, both the games that we played, you built a ton of buildings. And like they're defensive, like get the heck away from here. They, they're production. They like make more stuff when you go there. And I've, I felt that grass is greener. Like, I wish my islands were... We're, we're littered with buildings but you know <laughs> i was doing other things instead um and like i want to go over there and take over that island but holy cow there's a freaking fortress and a, <laughs> a garrison and i i'm gonna go somewhere else i mean i love that i like I, I i completely agree with you guys like i i love that about this game that there feels like there's so many different paths to take like while i did buildings and those in my first two games and the game i played yesterday with nick i didn't build buildings at all i was like i don't want buildings this game but i remember that first game and i do this a lot with a game that has so many complexities the first time i play a game i sort of pick a couple of things and then i just like just do that so like i didn't explore i didn't go deep in the ocean that first game. i just like stayed near port and like pick up and deliver the whole game and then i yeah. built buildings to try you tried to build a wall i tried to build a wall to cut you guys <laughs> off <laughs> of like yeah you controlled the close islands and then you like built garrisons and forts on on just, almost just all of them guys it's just, just defensive. defensive see that's the funny part about this <laughs> is i was like i wasn't i wasn't aggressive at all in that game i was just defensive but you could you be just aggressive. tried to wall us out into the ocean that's true. <laughs> Come on through here. But it's nice because those things, like, they force people to fight with your island instead of with you. Like, there's just, and you protect your island. It, it really allows you to protect your sandcastle pretty well. But it, that was that was really interesting. But I do think what's, what you know, I think, Nick, it's after you and I played our first two-player game. We, we took, we looked at this board. So you start with 12, everybody starts with the same 12-card deck, the same 12 people, if you will. And yeah. you, like Nick said, you can upgrade them every turn, which is so much fun. The choice, and you do it between turns. So even though there, we, we've touched on this, but there is a ton of downtime in this game. Like it, we thought it would go away. It doesn't really go away. There's so much <laughs> to think about it. You just have more to think about the more you get to know the game. And even yes. in two players, it's still a ton of downtime, but you're always thinking about things. So you're sitting there like, thinking what card do i want to upgrade and you get to do that in between turns so you have a lot of it, it just creates a really nice choice in addition to the card crafting and putting things on your cards and and, and building yeah. them up so when we were looking at these upgrades and nick you, you touched on this so it's like see these cards that like the crew card that just seems so lame and then to realize when you get it to level four you can put barrels on your ship you can put them on the port you can do you like like the the abilities that are unexpected when you get them up. And then the choices that you make when you're starting the game to be like, okay, well, this is how, at least how I've been playing, which has not been successful. So I don't take this as advice. <laughs> uh, I've been sitting there being like, what cards do I want to upgrade this game? Right. And like, what strategy am I going to kind of go at? And you kind of get to choose like, sure. The game yeah. can dictate a little bit because there's the randomness of what you're going to draw. Like what's in your starting hand is somewhat going to dictate. I know Nick was like, I want to do a bosun strategy. And then the bosun was at the bottom of his deck. Like, <laughs> so like, he was like, I well, guess I got to do something else. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, like John said, ship upgrades are permanent. Like they're a thing, but that's still a strategy you have to pick or a card that you have to choose to upgrade to do, so that you can do that. But 
those are things that you get every turn, but you know, there's still a fair amount of randomness. Like I could upgrade this massive super captain and he never comes out. I mean, the, the drawing is a factor here. I mean, you only have 12 cards. He will he will eventually come out. He will eventually come out. And and But he might he might hide that one turn where you really freaking need him. The game does a good job though of like some of the islands let you have a bigger hand size and That's some of true, the, yeah. some of the cards let you draw an extra card and like while you control like see there's a lot of ways to control your deck which is just so much fun and then pick like I said, kind of pick the strategies that you kind of want to go at. I've done a lot of like just holding a card for four turns and like just upgrading it to level four, just like in my hand and then playing it just to kind of get the benefits of that going out. And I, I just, I love that. I, it reminds me a lot of Ark Nova. I know I've already kind of mentioned this, but there's this, this feeling of what do you want to do this game? Like, what are you going to upgrade? What you, you can't do everything. You can't upgrade everything. Like, what are you going to choose? And like, what are you going to go hard on? And you can do different things and there's just so much to explore. And I think that's so cool. Yeah. I do. You you mentioned two of the things that I, I I'm so hyped right now. This conversation makes me want to play the game again. Yeah, but I do wanna, we should just stop. Let's I do want to. I do want to take some wind <laughs> out of the sails here. Pun completely intended. Of of two of the things that you mentioned in there that are that are my two holdups for this game. One is the downtime. Yeah, downtime is long. Um, Legitimate and. Yes, you, you have to pay attention to what other people are doing on their turn, but you're, it's also like I'm waiting for it to be my turn. Like yeah. it's, it's not the kind of thing where like paying attention during someone else's turn really adds like a ton of value to my gameplay experience. And unless you're attacking me, I'm not interacting really with what you're doing. Um, and, you know, we, we've talked about this in earlier um, episodes, but like generally of the three of us, I'm a pretty quick player. And there are times in this game where I'm like, I'm playing these and I know I'm going to do this, but then hold on, let me figure out how to sequence it. And I can feel myself being like, make a decision, make a decision. Everyone's waiting on you right now. Like, you gotta go through, like, move the boat, drop the cube and like move on with your life. But if I move this way, it's like, shut up, keep going. Like, yeah, um, that like cycle is, is very real. And then you're like, oh, wait, but there's an advancement I could buy. Crap. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> reset. Regret. Reset. Uh. I don't think I've ever played a game with you before, Nick, where you were like, I think I'm thinking slower than you in this game. Like, I yeah. don't think that's ever happened. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 In the last game that we played, because Anastasia was playing a primarily fighting strategy. And I was like, all right, well, I'm going to hide from her. How can I hide from her and accomplish what I want to do? And yeah. she's like, I'm just waiting for you. <laughs> Come on out. And then you uh, never did. Yeah, so. it really, it really, it was rough. It was rough. I was, I definitely, I felt the pressure of that time. Um, and I know I, the two of you mentioned it too. So, I mean, I know everyone feels this way, right? So we played we we played all of our games on Tabletop Simulator uh, up to this point. We we don't actually own a copy of this game, and the Tabletop Simulator mod that exists is quite good. But I remember in our first play, at one point, I took my turn, and then Nick's taking his turn, and then Anastasia comes back, and she's like, "Sorry, sorry," and we're like, "What do you mean, sorry?" She's like, "Oh, I left. I got a snack. I talked to my partner. I, went to uh, the I came back. I assumed it was my turn." And we're like, "No, no. <laughs> I was gone for a while." And and the other thing too is when someone steps away, right? She comes back and is like, "What did you do?" It's like, oh, "I sailed over here and bought this card." Right? Like, it's not like yeah. at the end of the day, it's like I would this and then I conquered the four. You know, it doesn't like go on and on and on. What like, you yeah. doing? Oh, I bought that card. You're yeah. trying to figure out how to sequence it appropriately, <laughs> and even after, right? Like th- three play, like th- my third play was my slowest of this game by a long <laughs> yeah. shot. Yeah, yeah, and my, I played twice, <laughs> and my second play was slower as well. And I commented to Anastasia, I'm like, I thought I'd be faster, but like. 
oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> like you do get faster at some things and you do grok the game more and you are spending less time being like, okay, guys, let's stop and let's look up a rule. Like you do get faster. And I, and I, I like, that's good. But like I said, it just gives you more to think about because suddenly you're yeah. aware of so much more and you realize you have to plot. And this actually kind of goes back to like, I think my major critique of the game i will say i had some smaller critiques like i was like oh it's not really a deck builder and that all has kind of been washed away the more i've played it the more i've realized i have control over my deck more the i did more advancements and i I realized you know like all of a lot of the little things like you do with a lot of games the game shows you why it was that way Made those decisions yeah, yeah it reminded me of anna where we like after our first play we talked about it for like two hours and we were like all these things we want to change and then the more we played it, i was like the, it's perfect don't change it in my opinion uh but in this one i do have one and a half major complaints and for me my biggest issue is the end game because of everything you guys are talking about, the how much thinking can get into it, especially as you keep going. Like, sure, you, the first few turns, you don't have to think that hard. And even as you're playing in the middle, like you're starting to kind of feel like, okay, this is what I'm doing. And it doesn't feel like every decision super matters. Like it does matter, but like you can kind of kind of flow with it. But when you get to the end, it this game ends super abruptly there and this yeah. is my like half criticism which is actually the i think they're called they're called achievements right there's, there's achievements yeah. and advancements but achievements which are essentially uh, like i don't know a number of end game it's just like scythe their goals. or beyond the sun their, their goals, goals. Yeah. and when you when you meet enough of them the game ends right but the game just ends like when someone meets them you get one more turn it doesn't matter how much you've been building doesn't matter that maybe you just drew the worst cards in your deck it's over you've got one turn there's no way to draw more there's no way to like fix it there's no way to adapt it ends and as a benefit for the player that ended the game they get displacing their cubes cost double for you attacking them is harder for you like it, it just it makes it really hard so this so when you get to this end point You've done all of this thinking, all of this plotting. And if you weren't like super careful, paying attention to whether or not you think someone else is going to end it. At, at this point, I've never ended it despite trying. You can, your game can just kind of like fall on its face in this like last yeah. moment. And it just leaves. End in a whimper. End in a whimper. Exactly. After you played this amazing two hour game and had this fantastic experience. And then I've had, I'd say two out of the four games, I... I just, it left me with a bad taste in my mouth. It's not because I lost. I'm great at losing. I, playing against Nick, you become so good at losing games. You just, you don't, it doesn't even phase <laughs> you. I, it's not about the losing. It's just about that feeling of like, when these scores are so close, it comes down to a couple of points. And like, Nick and I played yesterday and I had so much regret about what I'd done in my second to last turn, not realizing that Nick was going to end it not pacing that well not because he threw out like three advancements in one turn and just yeah like, that's the thing the game ends when somebody has four achievements and you can and do them all at once it's very <laughs> very easy to do two on a turn yeah and it's it's somewhat easy to do three in the late game because you kind of get so close to so many of them exactly and then he just and then i was just like and so he like had to go and i was like he was like are you gonna finish playing and i was like no i'm just gonna bitch about what i did last turn <laughs> <laughs> for 10 minutes <laughs> Because I'm so pissed at myself that I didn't plan 
correctly like just for my brain because there's so much you can control and there's so it's such a euro to, to get to that moment and be like i it just all fell on its face it just it felt so bad and it, the game is so good so anyways i'm curious you guys think of that i mean you and i were talking about it a little bit afterwards too and i i agree i think that a lot of 4x games or a lot of like area control or territory control type games they struggle with the end game because because the scoring system of controlling stuff at the end is so significant that like getting to go last is huge and i've not seen a ton of especially 4x style games find good solutions to this problem they tend to not be elegant. They tend to not. They tend to feel abrupt. And I think part of it is right. You've you've built this boat. You have all these upgraded crew. You know, there's all these islands, and the, and the game's over. You know, like the game has to end at some point. And like, what do you determine as like good or bad at the end of the game is, is up to the design, right? And I, I I would not say that Dead Reckoning has solved this problem. I, I I'm not as frustrated as Anastasia is by the end game experience. Uh, but maybe it's because that's you've ended the game. The who ends the game. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but even still, like I think I think that even if someone else ended it on me, like I generally would have a sense of like I, at least at this point, I feel like I have a sense of what the arc of the game is going to be like. That when it ends, I'm not going to be like completely befuddled by it. But I, I do see what you're saying. I do think that it's it's valid. So I played it twice, and I ended the game in one of those two plays. And I'll admit, it's kind of thrilling to do that. And, and <laughs> um, even though in that second play, I will admit it was it was telegraphed. Like uh, one of the achievements is is upgrade your boat enough times. And in fact, uh, it, I had three out of the four, and Anastasia th- thought it was going to be your last turn because you assumed I had the card that let me upgrade my ship, but then I didn't draw it. And yeah. so you actually took like. Uh, what you thought was your second to last turn as a setup, and then you were like, oh, actually, surprise, you get another second to last turn, and you were able to set that up. And I think I think it really, the, the the vibe of it just totally depends on if you're surprised. Like, you weren't, you didn't end it, but you weren't surprised in that game. No. In the first game, we were. But also in the first game, we didn't know what we were doing. I remember Nick went away for just a couple of minutes, and you and I were just chatting, and we're like, I feel like we're like two-thirds way through the game, and then Nick, <laughs> and Nick came back to do his turn and literally ended the game. Yeah, like, on that turn. 100%. Oh, we, yeah. we were like, super wrong. I was like, yeah. This is really fun. We got like another 30 minutes here. <laughs> no, I'm going to end it on nope. the, you know, the amount of times that Nick says that and it just fills me with dread. He, he'll he this thing. He sits down and he's like, all right, I think I'm going to end it. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's really funny is I, I, I know that I generate anxiety for people when I do that. So that's part of the reason why I say it, because I think that if I went through executing it Doesn't and then the, like, dawning realization of it ending is worse so that's why i like announce it is coming like yeah your portent of the future i'm getting yeah, you know is... one day we'll have merch and it's gonna have that i think i'm gonna end it it's gonna be one of the shirts <laughs> <laughs> the last thing that i kind of want to say like on this whole end game thing is that the achievements they're the same every game and I really like how the achievements are handled in like Beyond the Sun, where which for me, that end game, I prefer to this because not only are the achievements variable, so they promote different strategies a little bit. There's some of them are the same, but you also, if I remember correctly, you finish the round and then play another one. And that's really what I wish happened here is that you just you would just either finish around or like everybody else gets two more turns 
and you get one more. And I know like, I'm sure there are great many reasons why that isn't the case, but it just feels like it allows someone who maybe played a strategy that doesn't play into the achievements because up to this point, four games in, despite all of my efforts, I have never felt like I was in a good position to get four achievements because I haven't done the build ship upgrade strategy, which I feel like you need to focus half your game on to do well. The In the two-player game, exploring is very, very tight and I keep not being the one to get to, get to it. There's just like... I haven't been in a position to satisfy all those achievements. Half of them are battling, which aren't that good in two player. And they're the same every game. So you, you are somewhat bound to them. And that's my like other half criticism is just that those achievements, I don't want to look at them and feel this like trapped feeling. I don't complain about that a lot where I'm like, there's a sameness to them. And, and I don't think you need to, but it feels that way when the end game, when triggered by someone else can feel so disadvantageous to me not being the one to trigger it so I don't know we'll, we'll see how more plays and getting to know the feel of the timing is and like John said in the game where I was I wasn't taken by surprise I was a lot more prepared and I had a bonkers last turn so you know I'll see how that goes but that's still probably my biggest criticism with the game I do want to talk about one other thing that I I don't even know that I would call it a criticism because it's got good and bad parts to it. It's just something that I think a person needs to be aware of when they're stepping into this game is the randomness of this game. So I'm, I'm going to give this the randomness in this game a compliment. We're going to start with the compliment side of it. The compliment <laughs> side of it is that the randomness is very hidden, which means that you don't feel like the game is screwing you. You don't feel like things just didn't pan out your way. If the cards that are really good kind of are at the bottom of your deck, then what happens is you like end up like kind of like redrawing on a reshuffle and you essentially get to execute those cards fewer times over the course of the game. And if you're not paying attention, you're just like, okay, I drew my cards. Everything is good. So everything gets to do something. But if Anastasia's playing a game where she gets to do good things and I get to, I get to repeatedly do very good things, I'm going to come out on top. Um, so th th that information, again, that randomness is not in your face so i don't think that it feels quite as bad but when i'm sitting there and analyzing it i can't turn my brain off for that and i'm like no my my super cards at the bottom of the deck again Bruh. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. it does it does stomp on it it, it can stomp on it particularly given yeah. how much of a deep thinky plotting euro game this can feel like i mean you feel like you you really can sit there and calculate your turns and plot you know the the chances of these things happening given how much randomness like you said is like within this game it surprises me how much i step back from it and think oh yeah this is just like a really deep engine building here <laughs> <laughs> it's not an engine builder dagger <laughs> don't poke the bear <laughs> i mean we we've discussed uh, a little bit about you know ways to kind of get around that maybe some some subtle things like you know you have a base hand size of six and you have a base draw of four so that means kind of a, a typical thing to do is to to kind of keep two cards back that might not be good right now um and when you keep those back your deck is functionally smaller and if you have a hand size of nine like anastasia had near the end of our last game and you have 12 cards in your deck like there's a situation <laughs> where you could you could uh, sequester a whole bunch of cards 
uh, essentially in your enormous hand and then just play your really good ones and then just cycle through your deck over and over again. That's also something that might be more possible in like a two-player game because a lot of your ability to augment your deck has to do with the islands you control. And I think you're right, Nick. Like I sort of, I really want to play this at four, but I sort of am dreading playing it four, not just (laughs) because of the the epic downtime. It probably takes six hours like Eclipse. Just kidding, it won't. But not just because (laughs) of the downtime, but because of the lack of control. I mean, that's just just a theme in general with these games, right? Like when you play it, with gaming in general, when you play a two-player game, you have more ability to control that randomness. And when you play with higher player counts in a tight field, like you have less of it. So I've played this less than both of you at this point, but, um, you know, with my only two plays, but it's been really exciting uh, kind of like watching these games happen, seeing like the session reports of the ones that you guys have been playing, you know, typing the one out for, for the one that we did. This game is, it's been really fun. Like uh, when you're taking your turn and piecing stuff together, I just, I, I have find it so satisfying, even if it does become a little bit of an analysis paralysis hole. And I, I kind of thought I was going to like this game. I remember when I made my video for this like a year and a half ago, I remember thinking this game looks cool. And, and I'm glad to see that I've, I've really enjoyed it, um, even though, you know, the downtime and whatnot has been lower. Uh, I think the one thing that uh, shines is, is pretty interesting uh, for me. I mean, lots of things shine is pretty interesting. But one thing um, to kind of sum up my feelings is is how this is like a stealth euro in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, we've talked about uh, the randomness. We just talked about the randomness, and that definitely exists here. But also, there's a lot of Euro-y decisions, even if the decision is, do I go into Harbor and try to punch Anastasia in the face, which doesn't sound like a very Euro-y decision, but actually it kind of is, because am I giving too many points there, and also am I giving up points over here and there? And one thing I've found with this game, with my couple of plays, is that I need to kind of force myself to, to step back from the crunching uh, and just do the fun thing. Because yeah, frequently the fun thing is actually the right thing to do. Um, I've mentioned it many times, but that last turn of our last game where I sunk you in the harbor, I had two t- options. I could go to the harbor and sink you, or I could have run around and taken second place on like five islands or four <laughs> islands. And that would have been worth a bunch of points. And I remember saying, you know what? One of these options is fun. And one of these options might actually get me more points. I'm going to do the fun thing. I ended up winning. Maybe if I'd done the the Euro-y thing of just taking second place on a bunch of islands, maybe I would have won by more. I don't know. But I, I leaned into the fun thing and I had fun. And, you know, ultimately that is what you're trying to do here. But I, I can't help but wonder if the, the AP-ness of it is just because there is so many Euro-esque type of things that you can crunch. And, uh, you know, in future plays, I just got to keep telling myself, like, look at your hand of cards. What's the funnest option? Do it. Don't crunch, don't crunch, don't crunch. Um, and I'll probably enjoy it even more. Um, and I, you know, I've enjoyed it quite a lot already. I got to admit, like I was kind of skeptical on it. It's like an hour teach. There was like a lot. Even after our first play, I was like, okay, like that was a good game. But I thought, I thought that this was going to be like a passable one in that like I really enjoyed myself. Maybe we'd play it again. It brought up a lot of conversation. But I didn't expect it to be one with some staying power. I didn't expect it to be like, hey, do you want to go play Dead Reckoning? And we have games like that, you know, that we just kind of, we always go back to. You know, Anno is one of them. Holler Tau is one of them. Yep. Um, uh, Beyond the Sun is one of them too. Like we just, there are games where it's like, oh great, you want to just play something? Like, let's just, let's just break that out. And I don't know. Like, I don't know you know, we're going to have to touch base on this in a couple months and see how much we played it. But Nick is right. Like I like playing as a game like this, like four times in a week, like 
that I, that I, that means I like it. Like I just yeah. like I, that's that's beyond you doing that for podcast. No, that, that's that's beyond. I want to explore it and give a well-rounded opinion for this episode. That's like I don't know. I'm really curious to see like you know if this is going to become we we sort of call it a game we jam. Like is this going to be one of those games because it's just fun. It's just fun. All yeah. of my complaints aside, it's just fun. And to see it improve when we first played it two player, I was like. Nick and I were both, that was the first time we played it two-player was with each other. And I think we both were like, I don't know if this is a good two-player game. But then I played it with John two-player. Then we played it again two-player. And I was like, you know, it's solid. It, I, I'm having a great time. Like, it's just, it's just fun. And I, sure, there's like little tweaks, especially for the randomness. We didn't even talk about the randomness in the, in the advancements that come out in the cards for the card crafting. Yeah, do I want to see more merchant ships? Maybe would I thin the deck a little bit for two-player? Sure. Like, I don't know. Yeah, like I there's I've got some complaints. You know, is there less fighting um options in two-player? Yeah. But for a game that that does seem to be getting a little bit faster. I think we played it in under 2 hours yesterday, but like a game that just like you could sit down and just going to like dive into and just have so much fun i don't know i don't know if it's got staying power i don't know if i'm gonna buy it i don't, I don't even know how i feel about it but i've just been having fun with it and that is great that's good for me yes the staying power question is so good i i, I don't know what i'm like in a month with this game right like <laughs> us having this conversation i'm as like hyped for playing the game i feel like as in the times that we were playing the game and that's making me think that part of what I really enjoy about this game is sort of the the components that are very amazing about it. Like the card crafting system, the upgrading, the Voltroning. It's so cool. Like I'm just, <laughs> I really, really like it. And the fighting is like, it's a nice novel way to resolve fighting where it feels like even when you're, you know, the person who's just getting like beat on, there's like something to be had there. And I think that's cool too. So th- those are, those are really really nifty um but i don't i don't love the scoring of the area control stuff the like game it can run a little bit too long for what it is like when i describe like what it is at the course over the game that i accomplish i do wonder like if certain systems in the game if they were not there if it would still just be just as good like if we took this this one little thing out here or there i don't know like i, I you know it's 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 tough to say for sure but I think what you said, Anastasia, about like, it's just fun. Like, I've been enjoying playing it. I want to go jam it again right now. And I, I'll have to see, like, is this something that we play in a month and three months? Because, um, you know, it's, it's been surprising, the games that have lasted and the games that haven't lasted. And this one's definitely a contender. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it is. Well, this was a fun conversation, too. Uh, that, <laughs> I think that definitely adds into the enjoyment of uh, like what games we play is the one that, that uh, fosters such intense discussion. I mean, man, I do like talking about this stuff. Absolutely. And so grab lunch, and then we'll, uh, we'll play. Everyone good? Jam Free afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think that's going to bring this episode to a close. Uh, thanks, everybody, for, uh, for listening. I hope you found this enjoyable. Uh, we'd love to hear what you think about Dead Reckoning. If you've tried it, if you're curious to try it, uh, please uh, leave comments. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast version of this, there is a YouTube version. You can find a link to it in the description of this. And uh, please leave comments over there. And yeah, thanks again for watching.